The question is, do I need a whoop strap so that I can record my fucking glycogen levels by mile eight? No. No. The answer to that is no. I don't need to know my glycogen levels after eight miles of hiking or 12 miles of hike or any part of my hiking. What am I, an astronaut? So as we speak, as we speak, it is Sunday. I'm recording this the day before, and it's finally, the, the weather is finally broken, if you can believe it. It was so great, so good. Everything about it just fell into, pl- well, it really put a strain on things, honestly. Like, cars are breaking down on the highway, engine lights are coming on, ACs are running at full capacity, it's just uh it literally it was it was a survival test. I called my 20-year-old down south. She's she said uh she's been in Long Beach with her boyfriend. They don't even have they don't even have AC. People in, in in Long Beach don't use AC. It doesn't exist. And they're just sweltering like 107 degrees or some shit. I'm like this is fucking ridiculous. Like you know, and we're such a weird, you know, we're such a weird kind of group of weirdos, you know, the, this, the, the human experience, these, these people that, uh, I mean, it's literally all that was talked about, the whole, that was the, the entire, it was the entire subject heading for your, anybody you ran into is hey. How about this heat? You're making it through the heat, the heat, the heat, the heat. And yeah, it was like, well, up here, like Friday, if I was just to survive Friday, <clears throat> we had, it was about 107. And then Saturday, 87. What? Repeat that back to me. Like, what the fuck? Like a 20 degree drop between days. Now, granted, there's fires going on and there's... We got the, it's called the Mosquito Fire, which is up on Mosquito Road up near the uh, foothills up there in, um, uh, is it Placer County or El Dorado County? I think it's El Dorado County, just next, one of the neighboring counties up there. So there's just plumes of smoke, so it's kind of obscuring the day. You know, it's kind of, it looks overcast. It might be cloudy. I don't, but it's hard to really disseminate between the two. So I don't know if that had any contribution to the precipitous drop. 107 to 87 but I'll tell you this so I get a text from dispatched that there are no pickups for Grass Valley on Saturday or Auburn my only two stops I'm like 10 for good buddy and uh, so that essentially gave me the day to myself and what's a guy do when I, he's got a whole day to himself well, naturally, he goes out on a 10-mile hike. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fuck it, let's go. You know? And so I slapped together my my little my little backpack. It's not even a backpack. It's like a it's like a tote. It's like a it's like a nylon string tote. And it's got red, white, and blue crabs on it and it says best legs in America or something like that I don't know 
and I put a bottle of water in that thing and a hat and I'm gone and that's it like I don't need no fucking whoop strap to tell me my fucking cortisol levels and my glycogen levels and whether I need to add you know 13 grams of potassium after the eighth mile like what are we what are we doing here like that's what leads to anxiety right am I right or no like to overanalyze like I think I was talking about this the last episode like the overanalysis of our endeavors is what's leading to our our mindless anxieties and our just jumping the gun on everything and over analyzing and overthinking and coming to the you know conclusions that to things that never even happen or never probably will happen you know <laughs> like what? so thank you but no I don't need a whoop strap but but what I did so knowing that it's going to be banking on the notion that it's going to be no hotter than 87 I set out for my little hike right and I start thinking, well, okay, so Fridays are my wheelhouse. Fridays, Friday afternoon, I'm done. You know, Friday I pull in, you know, my car survived, everything survived, you know, knock on wood. I mean, it just was just, you know, tires failing. People, you know, flat tires from the hot roads and the fucking cars overheating on the side of the highway. It's just a, a race of attrition. And I, and I, and I somehow I make it home. Somehow I make it back to the house, and I uh, and I retreat to the the cold comfort of the interior. And Friday afternoons are usually spent just kind of mm, making a little bit of sense of the week, but at the same time, just trying to do a little detachment, a little um, I check out a little, I get a little, I distance myself from. The calamity that was the previous week, and what? How do I do that? Well, I pull up. I just start. I don't know. I um, I look for inspiration, and evidently, I guess a lot of people just go. I don't know. You surfing YouTube now is the thing. It's like YouTube now is like the entertainment bastion for a certain generation, probably my generation and younger. Not older because. Uh, they're still watching like ABC, CBS, NBC, whatever that is. I mean, they're just, they're all polishing, you know, the brass on the Titanic on those regular networks because nobody, I don't, do people watch that anymore? Do people watch like the Hallmark Channel? Is that real? Is that a thing still? I don't know. It seems like everybody, you know, everybody gets their, like, for example, like I was, listen to a podcast the like a bigfoot podcast this guy chris ward who just basically just kind of he talks to crazy weird adventurers and endurance athletes primarily bike packers backpackers hikers bikers this that and the other anybody crossing an entire state in one shot or you know whatever the case may be and he talked to this guy ryan van duzer right and uh who I didn't realize was this guy that I had watched periodically on YouTube who does a lot of bikepacking videos. He did like um, one where he ran the Leadville Trail uh, 100, which is the 100-mile endurance run uh, just outside of Aspen up there in Colorado, which he... Uh, it was a good episode, but... Um, he he's one of like several like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these guys that are just you know they're strapping a camera to their head and they're you know they're biking across mongolia you know 
Like, I, right on. So, but I was also, but I, so I pulled up some trail running. I just wanted, I don't know, just happened to be looking at trail running. And I saw this thing about this uh, race in um, France, in Chamonix, Chamonix, France. Uh, C-H-A-M-O-N-I-X, Chamonix, France. It's the UTMB, which is an acronym. I don't even know what that stands for. I think the MB stands for Mont Blanc because it's a 106-mile race around... Uh, I believe it looks like... It sounds like it goes around Mont Blanc. Um, and I don't know what it is in kilometers because they measure it in kilometers out there, but uh, the total distance is 106 miles, but we don't know what that is in kilometers because out here in... In the U.S., we measure everything by cheeseburgers. So, um, but it was interesting because I'm watching this clip. This guy who's doing like a pre, like they just they just did this race, like last, uh, the end of August. And it's a huge, I guess it's a huge race. I guess it's like, um, it's kind of like the Boston Marathon of, of European ultra runs, right? So this guy, he's doing, he's like, he's got it all set up. Like he rented an Airbnb apartment or something right in town there. And there's like literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that are doing this, right? Of all varying degrees and whoop straps and backpacks and this, this energy bar and that energy drink. And, um, but they're also, they're all lined up ready. So, he, but he's kind of. And while he's in the crowd, they're like they rec- they're reckon they're like hey, hey, hey it's you from YouTube like all of a sudden like YouTubers are you YouTubers are now celebrities in a sense right so um, that's the kind of the future of programming just so you know a lot of comedians releasing their specials on YouTube instead of Netflix or instead of HBO or it's a it's it's an interesting time right now so but then so while the guy was in lining up for the race and, and, and these crowds of people these they said yeah we saw so-and-so over there and and they recognized another you there's a cut there's youtubers everywhere you know they all got those little handheld things like they're showing like a first person perspective camera angle as they're starting the race running the race it's pretty it's pretty interesting you know and um <laughs> i gotta say like uh i love that they're the that there are these competitions involved with like various skill sets needed. Like, like, like when I was growing up and it still exists as like, uh, there's an Italian race called the Cinco Milini, which is, uh, the five mills. So it's about, it's a race that they run after the, the world cross country championships. Uh, it's like the, the week after the world cross country championships. And, uh, which is that in itself is a gnarly race, but so you got the same guys that have just run the world cross country championships. The heart, I mean, if according to most European distance runners and some American distance runners, if you win the world cross country championships, you're considered the greatest distance runner in the world. So after running that race, a week after you're in Italy and you're running literally, it's called the Senku Molini, five mills. You're running through five windmills. You're running through windmills. The race is running through buildings. And then out into fields and rural farms and over fences and through through mills, through windmills. It's bizarre. It's wild. It's crazy. It's so strange. But I love stuff like 
you know, what's that? There's a, isn't there a race where like, I don't know. I think this one's in Europe as well. Uh, it might be a Scottish thing or an English thing where, and it might be all female, but I could be wrong, but there's a race where like all these people just fly down this huge hill, like a 45 degree gradient after a wheel of cheese <laughs> and like, and they're, fl- they're literally like, they're literally, literally like rolling and cartwheeling and falling and smashing things and breaking them, breaking their collarbone and stuff, chasing this wheel of cheese. And you know, and you know what the, the prize for the race is? The cheese, the wheel of cheese, <laughs> like fucking insane, huh? It's so funny. And, uh, but people, they, they gear up for this and they get their whoop straps and they get their, you know, they get their, their little, what are they, those camel, camel straps or whatever they're called, camelback. My buddy, my buddy, um, Eric had one of those. He'd go out when we go on a urban hike around Folsom, he'd get his camelback on. Like, it's like, like, come on, bro. Like, I don't know. I'm just, again, it's me. I'm a little too simplistic. Like, just fucking throw a little knapsack over your back, a little nylon, nylon string, little drawstring bag, throw a bottle of water in there and go, man. And, uh, but yeah, people like to gear up. There's different, you know, there's different levels of, there's different levels of, uh, you know, like, uh, There's different levels of like, uh, how was I going to put varying degrees of super fandom, I guess is what I was going to say. Varying degrees of super fandom. And what that entails is how much gear you want to strap to yourself so that you know your dopamine levels or your cortisol levels or your fucking whatever level, you know? Your potassium. I need to know my potassium around, around 12 kilometers. I need to know my potassium. And, uh, but, but whatever, to eat, you know, it's all good, right? But as I'm watching this race, okay, so, so the UTMB, this 106 mile race through the mountains of France, you know, with all these crazy bastards that are running through town. The one thing, uh, maybe what I liked, what I thought was cool Maybe one of the stark differences, I would say, in European and, Amer- and American races like this is, is the chaos on the streets that, that, are, that inger- it's kind of intermingled with like outside living, dining, existing, shopping, retail, you know, going to the boulangerie, what have you, getting a bread, getting baguettes. You know, meanwhile, there's, you know, 900 people running through the cafe running by your table, you know, or like these, these urban mountain bikers that are just flying through Medellin, Colombia, you know, or Bogota, just flying through, like right by your front doorstep, just, it's so, it's just the intermingling, the co, the cooperative that, that, that exists, right, and uh, so these 100, 100 mile trail races that, that, they're winding through the town, and then, then the runners start running, like through, you know, through these, walkways and buildings and it's it's like it's it's integrated into the course you know and i guess that's what i don't know 
I guess that's what you learn to deal with as a European, you know, back in the Second World War when you just, you know, the Germans are bombing your town, but you still got to go to work, you know? It's like, hey, well, you know, they told us they wouldn't bomb Big Ben, but, you know, they're like, well, but I still got to go to work. I got to go to, I got to go to, I got to go to the cafe. You know, I got to have my coffee and my pastry. I got to go do my thing, you know? It's like, shit just exists in and around it. Whereas here, it's like, it's all sanctioned. It's all cordoned away. It's all put in like one end of town. You know, I don't know if that's, it's like a, I don't know. They treat running, they treat events sometimes like leper colonies or something out here. I don't know. I don't know. Am I off base with that? <laughs> but, <laughs> but that is, you know, that is, the, that is kind of the, I think that's kind of the difference between us and the Europeans in, those, in that regard is like, you, talk, you, you know, you look at like, so I was, last year I was just fixated with like uh, Danish restaurants, right? And the foragers and the, and, the, and the great chefs that just go out and they, they basically, um, like Magnus Nilsson in, um, in Sweden and uh, Rene Redzepi from Noma in Copenhagen. These guys, they would forage, they would go out and they would simply just forage, they would get new greens and leafy green, you know, leafy greens and mushrooms and uh, strange just flora that, you know, they eat, they test, they try. And here we we make it into a sport, we make, you know, we make survival videos out of it, like, you know, how we're going to crouch down in the woods with our giant knife and an AK-47 and build a thatched roof fucking lean to you know so that we can stalk and kill a fucking cheeseburger right it's like give me a break dude like you know like there's a there's a there's a there's subtle differences but uh but it's like i don't know these wannabe uh m- you know militias survivalists these oath like these oath keepers like who, who what 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 oath are they keeping to to be like unfuckable and gross like I don't know, like, just, I guess my point is, like, I think there's still a group, there's still a small core group that goes out of there, just like, fucking go, they just fucking go, they go do it, they throw on their nylon little bag, and um, they don't need, they don't necessarily need a whoop strap or a camelback or shit like that, like, I don't know, they just, there's a different mindset, like, like I was saying, like, when I, when I was climbing Ben Nevis out in Scotland, which is, like, the, it's the highest peak in the UK, which is mm, a bit of a misnomer, because it's not very high, it's, like, 2,000 feet or something like that, right, it's not very, it's nothing, but we, this was in October we were doing this, and we got our, we'd had, it was me and um, my girlfriend at the time, and then her friend, um, the three of us hiking up, and uh, and it started to snow a little. And as it started to snow, we got to the top. And when we got to the top, there was a little, a little tiny, kind of a shack of sorts, like a shelter, that you could, you know, relax, recover from, hang out in, whatnot. You know, cover yourself from the elements, I, I guess. I don't know, that's what we did. It was starting to snow. 
then, um, but then we started, well, as we were sitting there, like the, uh, the girls started to panic and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. The snow is starting to dust our tracks. Like, what if we can't find the trail back to get down? We trapped up here in the snow. We, so we say, like, okay, all right. So, so they decided, well, we got to get going. We got to go. And then as we, as we left, as we're picking the trail back up and heading down the, down, down the mountain, there's like a whole family with like a picnic basket and a dog and stuff coming up. Like Europeans don't give a fuck, you know, like they've been bombed. They've been bombed while on their way to go get bagels. They've been bombed on the way to go get their baguettes. They've been bombed on the way to go get their, their fucking, un café s'il vous plaît. <laughs> it's just, it's funny. The the, the different tendencies and, and reactions and uh, preparations we make. So, so getting back to my, my stupid little Saturday hike. So the weather, yeah, sure enough, it broke, you know? And, uh, so I made my way out and I'm, I hadn't been, I hadn't been on a long one like this in a while because I'd, I'd kind of, I've kind of, I'd kind of dashed like it's, it's, I mean, virtu- it's virtually like mid-September now, right? So, um, so I kind of dashed any real specific hopes of hitting a long trail or a long through hike of sorts. Because um, I'd, en- I'd been entertaining the Channel Islands, Catalina, Anza Borrego, stuff like shit like that. Whatever. Just go a long trek. Just go out and just fucking push through. And uh, But as the month wore on, see, I'm, I'm, I'm losing time on this one. Um, because October, we're heading up to Oregon for the furry convention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, right, and so, um, so, I decided, though, that I'm going to go easy, so, I just, I just decided, instead of, like, really getting into a real narrow mindset, I would just take it real easy, so I, before I left, I, uh, I, 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 found a, I found a little Spotify little channel called uh, Lo-Fi Beats. And it's really, it's actually really good. Like it's, uh, it's one of those, it's kind of like an, it's kind of a weird, I don't know, trance type beat. That's kind of, uh, it's hard to describe. It's kind of old school, gritty kind of beats with a little bit of piano followed by some laser noises, you know, the, you know, like, like, you know, something you'd probably encounter at Burning Man, you know, some kind of weird EDM, but not, but not full on EDM. Like I'm trying to like transcend here with, you know, at the Diplo concert in the middle of the desert. Right. Uh, I was talking, it's funny. Actually, I was talking to my mom about Burning Man Friday as I was finishing wrapping up the day. She was telling me about this geeky, geeky guy that she works with who's emailing her or talking to her about it or some shit. And she's like, oh, you don't seem like the type. <laughs> like, what is the type, Mom? She's like, oh, you know, dancing around the fire all naked and stuff. I'm like, Mom, what do you know about all that? Like, that's weird. Don't be talking to me about stuff like that. 
<laughs> but it is kind of true. I don't know. Um, but uh, so there's old school. Yeah, it's kind of like. Um, now I kind of understand why, like, like after Sting left the police in the eighties, late eighties, early nineties, and then went into like doing all the weird. You know, now I understand why it was like. It's not like rainforest type. I don't know what the fuck you call that shit. Like Putumayer, Ozo Motley, Patobantan, Sadamayer, whatever the fuck it's called. Those weird. You know when you buy those weird CDs that are like wrapped in like, I don't know, all paper, you know? It's like a paper, like there's no plastic because they're trying to save a rainforest or like a, you know, or something like that. And, and it's kind of weird, kind of jungly type music. But there's like a, like I said, like there's a little bit of like a, like a laser show going on in the background <laughs> well so that's what I put on for my hike and honestly it was a I mean it was perfect it was just what I needed it was like this it's kind of calming relaxing but but a steady accompaniment of paced beats right so I got enough, so I got locked in so I start locking in and I'm thinking, well, if I do this, if I do this loop, it's a big loop. It's about uh, probably a little over 10 miles, maybe. I figure if I get close enough to the turn, I'll, I'll judge at that point if I can even, if I'm going to, if I'm, if I'm even up for this, if I'm capable of doing this, right? And I started kind of, started kind of feeling it, man. I started feeling it, you know, kind of hitting it hard, you know, I'm thinking to myself, so I start, so I start getting inspired. I'm like, well, how fast am I going? So I start pay. I start pacing myself. I'm doing like, I'm doing like 16 minute miles. So 16 minute miles, that's doable. You know, eight minute, eight minutes per half mile. So that's 16 minutes per mile. So if I did, if I, if I were, if I were to do like, so I started teasing myself. So I thought if I were to do a hundred miler, how long would that take me? So I just did the math. So it's like 16 minutes per mile for a hundred miles. at 1600 uh, minutes divided by. Um, 60 is like 6, 600, six, what is that? Six, 610 or something, which breaks down to about 20, what is that? 25 minutes, 25, I mean, 25 hours or something like that. So I could actually do, cause the other, the other, the other ultra distance, ultra running, uh, race that I was started looking at was the, the hundreds, the Western States 100. And they keep the course open for like 30 hours for like the people that are, you know, that mm, probably bit off more than they can chew, but still want to crawl home. And um, so I thought, well, I could probably do that. And now I'm thinking, now I'm teasing myself. Now I'm doing all the math. Now I'm thinking like, well, what if I did the Trans Catalina? The Trans Catalina? 38 and a half miles, so do the math on that. If I can do 15-minute miles, you know, that's four miles per hour. So if, so for 40 miles, what does that break down to? That's like a little over 10 hours. So for all intents and purposes, I I think to myself, well, damn, I could probably do that whole thing in one shot, like a 12-hour push and have a tent waiting for me in the, at the isthmus down there by two harbors. That might be the move, you know? But, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm not going to jump the gun on much of that right now. I'm just going to... Yeah, so I... I... I really stroked myself hard on that one. Because when I, when I made the turnaround... The turnaround is a really rough... It's like a heartbreak hill type thing, like in Boston Marathon, right? It's like you really got to want it. But once you make it up over that hill, then... Now... You're elevate now you're doing the elevation drop. And then my mind began to wander and I started kind of coming up with movie ideas and I thought to myself, boy, you know, for some reason I'm <laughs> I've really kind of I've started I started to think like, well what if what if there was a guy, maybe my age who had a strange kind of preternatural obsession with Megan the Stallion, right? And I've never heard any of her songs. You know, I know what she looks like. And I, I was, it's, just a, it's a weird attraction, but I thought, well, what if there was a movie, a black and white movie, kind of a, you know, working, kind of working that artistic ambiguity angle, you know, about a guy, maybe my age, like I say, black and white movie, about a guy who's trying to trying to successfully get an, an entry into either the Western States 100 or the UTMB in uh, Chamonix, France, right? Just so that he could impress Megan the Stallion. <laughs> and I thought, what's wrong with you, man? Like, what are you doing? And so inevitably, I decided I'd call my 20-year-old down in SoCal who's boyfriend goes to Long Beach State who's uh, a film major and I said I got an idea I got a movie idea for uh, for Ryan and I and I bounced the idea off for black and white guy in his 50s trying to trying to get an gain an entry through the lottery because all these all these ultra endurance these ultra endurance races all have lotteries now because everybody wants to do this everybody wants to do this for whatever reason. And uh, so you it bottlenecks, and so they have to have a lottery, so you get drawn. Like, you, you don't just show, you can't, I mean, I suppose you could show up. You know, you can run unattached. A lot of people do that. They used to do that back in the day on these 5Ks and 10Ks I used to run in high school. Just run unattached. You don't even, you're not official, in, you're not even officially an entry. But, um, but from my standpoint, it, it's more, Again, I'm not. I can't. I'm not going to run this. This isn't a run. This isn't a race. I have a. I still. I will go to my, go to my grave. Arguing that these are not real races. This is not a race. This is a survival test. You know, because it fosters a whole new approach and thought process to the to the event, right? Like it goes back to what I'm saying about all these people wearing their camelbacks and their whoop straps and they're monitoring this, that, and the other. And, you know, how many times they blink in 30 minutes and all that shit? And how, what time did they fart in their sleep, you know? Like, whatever. But what it's doing is it's fostering this mindset. Like, I have to go out and I have to run like 14-minute miles. Like, no, you don't, man. This is not a good... This is... This is... Uh, most of these people are taking naps during this race. And again, I will argue this to the day I die. 
if you have to take a nap during the race, it's not a race. Now, now another, another example of why these aren't real races is because if you had one of these, say, one of these Kenyans, right? A Kenyan who just won the World Cross Country Championships, you know, or, um, or whatever. These guys could go out and they could fucking, <laughs> I mean, if the course record for Western States 100 miler from Tahoe City to Auburn is like 11 hours, I think, 11 hours and something, 11 hours and change, these Kenyans can go out and do that shit in like 10, 9, 9 hours, probably 9 hours, because what are they averaging? Because the, the course record average is like 7 minutes per mile. You don't think these Kenyans who, you know, I mean, come on, man, and there's no whoop strap involved. There's no fucking camelback. These fucking guys, they're used to getting chased by lions and shit in a village, right? I mean, I'm not even making that up. I'm not even exaggerating, you know? These guys are like, like stupid gifted, you know? But, um, but I'm not sure where I was going with all that. Oh, well, primarily because it would just, to me, it'd be a hike. I'm going to do a 100-mile hike, but I'm probably, if I did it, maybe I'll do it unattached, you know? Maybe I don't need an official entry. But I don't know. I get ahead of myself. I, like I say, I usually get ahead of myself. I start thinking too much. And uh, by the time I got back, um, after just 10 miles, man, uh, the old body just, it's got some, it's got some cracks. I've got to pressure test some of these seals. And, uh, yeah, I think I got a, I think I got a gasket somewhere around the back of my, my knee that might be, I don't know, might be a little flimsy at the moment. So, so we'll see, I don't know, as the weather cools, oh, and then today is, well, as this comes out yesterday, yesterday is the official kickoff of football, but right now I'm just. I'm kind of like hovering over a couple of games, but tonight, tonight's the real game. Bucks Cowboys. We're gonna see how old TB12, how he can handle the distraction of Giselle leaving him. Like what the fuck? Like this guy's a pro, man. Shit like that doesn't phase people like him. It doesn't. He's gonna go out like nothing ever happened, right? But we'll see. Don't tell me what happens. I don't want any spoiler alerts, so it'll be coming up this evening, and uh, and we'll take it from there. But uh, so far, that's my take on the weekend, and uh, and all these crazy bastards that go out, these weekend warriors that want to look like uh, I don't know what they want to look like. You know, they're all bearded up. You know, they got their fucking backpack on with a big like a clear tube that's coming around the back from the backpack full of some kind of weird you know glucose mixture that was for, specially formulated for their own metabolism like Colin O'Brady or some shit you know like these guys like fucking be a man dude be a man fucking go out and just do it if you're gonna go out man just go out and just fucking you know you don't have to buy the most expensive tent just go out and just lay in the fucking just sleep where you fall like be a man what the fuck? Okay, I forgot what I was talking about, but um, did you know I'm talking to my lady now, and the game just started, so I'm, I'm 
I fast forward in time. I just, I just, I just, uh, I, I just sent myself to the future, and it's now first quarter of the game. Cowboys, Bucks. Brady's gonna throw for seven thousand yards this year because he's got Chris Godwin and Julio Jones and Mike Evans and Brait and all these other guys. What a core! Anyway, okay, so I'm talking to my lady here. She just showed me um, some dumb thing on her Facebook about Snoopy looking at his little kid in the nursery, which is such bullshit because he didn't ever have a kid. But did you know? <laughs> did you know that uh, Charles Schultz used to live in Needles? No, I didn't know that. Yes, the hottest place on earth every year. And he lived there for a couple of years, and that's where he got the inspiration for uh, Snoopy's cousin Spike, the one from the desert. Oh my gosh, I don't even know that that somebody like that existed. What's it called? What's what called? I mean, the dog. Spike. It's his cousin Spike from the desert. Spike, like K E? Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. I don't almost believe you. Well, it's true. Okay, so it's um, Snoopy's. And what is it? Snoopy's cousin, Spike. Cousin. Spike. Okay, Okay. so look up. Now now type in inspiration for Snoopy's cousin, Spike. Okay. And it'll tell you. Charles Schultz, who actually lived in the... Inspiration for Snoopy's cousin, Spike. Because <laughs> he actually lived in the Bay Area up in Windsor, or near Windsor, or Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. I think Santa Rosa. And oh, it says Spike is a main character in the Peanuts comic strip by Charles M. Schultz. He is Snoopy's brother. Oh, his brother, that's Who right. lives alone in the California... Desert. Let's see. Yeah. Um, the California desert. In my comic strip, Snoopy's brother Spike lives near the same desert town, Needles, California, where <sighs> we usually see him sitting by a saguaro. Uh, a saguaro, I guess. Yeah. Saguaro. Like a cactus. Yeah, usually just leaning against some cactus. In <laughs> Needles. That's funny. He's from Needles. How come I never seen that? Was he only like in one cartoon? No, oh, he's off and on, you know. Uh, well, he lives in the desert. It's a long get, ways away. <laughs> we didn't get to watch Snoopy that much. So, okay. So now I'm watching the game, so don't tell me what happens. But it was a pretty good day. Pretty interesting day. Packers got beat by the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers had a rough day. Only had one touchdown. The Giants came back to beat the Titans. My dispatcher, Alan's going to be pissed because he loves the Titans. And now i got to watch Brady go to work and just carve these guys up. Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. Let's go. Okay. Do you got anything else you want to add, dear? Oh, did you know that um, Spike had a cactus and it says that he found a cactus to live with for company? And then Spike started talking to the cactus and other inanimate objects. <laughs> Another inanimate? <laughs> and what Whoa! Is Nearly intercepted. As if they were his friends. Yeah. Yeah, I guess what happens when you live in needles. 
That's where Sam Kinison died. Needles, California. Okay. That's it for now. Have a great week. I love you all. I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, baby. Thank you.